So what have we learned over these few months that as a church we can take with us on the journey as we go forward? And there are five things that I want to just rattle out to you, okay, in a very few minutes. And then we are going to celebrate as we finish again this morning. Number one, I think we've learned that when everyone comes together, amazing things can happen. Isn't that right? We did a series a few weeks, a few months ago, The Power of Everyone. Do you remember that? When everyone cares, when everyone serves, when everyone gives, you know, when everyone comes together, we can do amazing things. You know, I have to tell you, really honestly, the elders, we, 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 as we were praying and talking and thinking through this process, the number that was most important to us was not the amount of money we raised. It was the amount of people that were contributing. You see, if 50 of us contributed £750,000, okay, we would have thought, well, we've hit a financial target, but is the church really with us? Have we really got a group of people here? Because we might have some resourced people who are with us, but have we got a whole group of people? Now, we are really thrilled with the numbers of you who've responded, and we know that others of you can respond, and you may respond, and that would be awesome. We are really thrilled with that, with that figure. And when everyone comes together, when everyone gives together, when everyone sacrifices together, God can do amazing things. But that principle of everyone is not just for now, it's for the future as well. You see, when everyone in this church prays together, God will do amazing things through that. Do you know that? That doesn't mean we'll have to be in the same place. But when everyone takes it seriously to carry the weight, when every one of us serves, when everyone recognizes that God has gifted you with spiritual gifts, and if you could find that place where God wants you to function in His body, then the body will become more effective and healthier and stronger. Amen? That's what the Bible teaches. When everyone gives together, when everyone serves together, when everyone prays together, when everyone works together, God will do amazing things. We've learned that. We've proved that through this. Now we have to live like that as we go forward together. Second thing I think we've learned is that building something significant for God is hard work. Sorry, but it's hard work. Will, I think it was, playing bass this morning, said at the 9 o'clock, haven't we been in this for about four or five years? Yes, we have. And we haven't got to the ground yet at all. This is hard work. And it will be hard work as we go forward together. Jesus says in Luke chapter 14, he said, you know, if you want to build a tower, you do not do it without first sitting down and counting the cost. Because it's going to get hard. And I love to say to you that from this moment on, there'll be no more problems, there'll be no more obstacles, there'll be no more challenges. But if I did that, it would not only be poor leadership, but it would be ridiculous. Because there will be challenges. There will be times when we have to gather you together and say, look guys, this is what's happened. We need to get on our knees. We'll need to pray. We need to dig deep into our resources, into our faith, into our trust. There will be times like that as we go forward. Forget Because nothing that is of significance comes easily or cheaply. See, uh, uh, ultimate significance is our salvation. That didn't come easily or cheaply for God, did it? It was free for us, but it cost God literally everything. Third thing I think we've learned is that following God, and you're going to love this, is no guarantee of comfort, popularity, or easy answers to prayer. How are you excited about that? <laughs> yeah. You see, we have got some amazing stories among us. Honestly, I've heard loads of fantastic stories of, of people who said, you know what, you'll never guess what, we were praying about what to give. We really wanted to give, but you know, our finances were this and this and this. And then I was invited into the boss's office the first time like for years, and he said, we like what you're doing, here's a promotion. He said, all out the blue, amazing, so I can give now. 
Other people that have had unexpected windfalls, unexpected rebates back from various you know, organisations and all of a sudden there's money that you didn't expect. We've had those stories, that's fantastic. Please don't be deceived. Not everybody will have those stories. You may have other stories. I gave, I sacrificed and then something broke. And then my car went, and then this happened, and then I was put on short time, etc., etc. Following God is no guarantee of easy, quick answers. Because God did it for them does not mean He will necessarily do the same thing for you. But it does mean He will work in every situation. And if you're saying, well, I've given now and I've sacrificed and that's going to be it. Listen, it is going to get tough for you to honour the commitments that you've made. And we've said right the way from the start, this is full of grace. If your situation changes and you feel before God you can't honour it, be free. If your situation changes for the better and you feel you can give more, be free. But I want to tell you, make no mistake. What you've, if you've really sacrificed, and I know many of us have, if you sacrifice, there will be months when you'll say, can I do this? I don't think I can. There will be moments when your faith and your commitment will be tested. And at that time, we'll need to understand that that's part of the growth that God is wanting to do within us. You know, the Bible says, Jesus says, ask and it will be. Seek and you will knock and the door will be. But you see, the problem is, if you read that in the original language, it doesn't say that. It says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock And keep on knocking. You see, God never said that the answers are easy or cheap or quick. And I know many of you know that more than I do. But ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Keep going with what we believe God has said to us. Because only then will we see the fulfillment of all that God has put into our hearts. You know, I love the story of Jonah in the Old Testament. And Jonah, you know, serves God and all of a sudden uh, decides that it's a little bit too tough. He doesn't like the assignment God's given him, so he runs off, gets to a ship, uh, gets on the ship, sails off. God sends a storm. They took him over the side. God sends a big fish, swallows him. Inside the fish, the Bible says Jonah prays. Good. Nice. He's getting it. And, And he prays. And out of the prayer, right at the end of the prayer, he says these words. Listen to this. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. Now I want to be clear. We're not asking anyone to vow. Jesus speaks and the New Testament speaks about vows. But the point is that Jonah says, Do you know what? When life was good and it was comfortable and I felt full of faith, I made commitments to God. Now, when it got tough, I ran away from those commitments. But now, by God's grace, I am going to honour the commitments that I've made. That's powerful, isn't it? That is powerful. And that is what you and I and many of us are going to have to prove and test over these next few months and years. That what we felt is a response to God that we would actually, God, we want to do all that we can to honour that and to fulfil that. Fourth thing I think that we've learnt, and we've said it a lot today, is that God is not dead, nor does he sleep. Amen? And we've learnt that, and you have proved that God is not dead, nor does he sleep. Because in, a, in, a, in an economic climate like we've got right now, in the West Midlands, which is one of the most hit 
areas of the country in terms of unemployment and economic instability, we have proved that a small, relatively small group of people would sacrificially give. Do you know, on Friday night, and this is no way of trying to compare, but in the whole Midlands, the whole Midlands raised around a million pounds for children in need, which is really important. You guys have raised nearly that, just a small group of people. I want to put it in perspective for you. So you may be going, oh, I thought we were going to get a million, I thought we were going to get two million. Put it in perspective. The whole of the Midlands raised a million pounds for children in need. A small group, 200 or so of us, have raised nearly that through our sacrificial giving. To me, that's proof that God isn't dead, nor does he sleep. You are living proof of the fact that God isn't dead. Because why would a group of people in the economic situation that we're in want to do that? We do that because we love God and we know God is alive and well and we want to sacrifice to God because it matters to us that the name of God is extended and given glory, doesn't it? And you are living... I'm getting almost Pentecostal here. I tell you. It's feeling that hot. I tell you. Come on! I'll need a bit of help. I'll need a bit of help, brothers and sisters. Come on! How? <laughs> Steady, steady. Dan's going, I can feel Dan steady, steady on the front row. Whoa! Be ripping up chairs soon, brother. <laughs> you, know, you know, we have Dawkins and, and other people who are atheists in our country who are running media campaigns trying to convince us that God is not dead. But listen, listen, what you have done as a church is just living proof that that is not true. God is not dead. Nor does this lead. Just look at this group of people in this church. Phenomenal. Look at our young people and kids who've dug deep and sacrificed themselves. Look at families. Look at widows. Look at pensioners who've dug deep and sacrificed. God is not dead, is he? And we are living proof of that reality. On Friday night, I went to um, uh, Windsor School to, to listen to David Cameron, the leader of the Conservative Party, uh, answering some questions. Um, which was great, very good, very inspiring. Actually, he was good, I thought. Um, not giving anything away there. I just went to listen to him. Uh, <laughs> I haven't got a blue shirt on, look. Uh, but one of, the, one of the people in the audience was about a seven or eight-year-old girl. And she put her hand up to ask a question. And basically, he just stood up and any question that just fired at him. There was no speeches. He just answered questions for an hour solid. And she put her hand up like this. And he, and he looked down and he said, oh, I think you're the youngest person I've had a question of, you know. And he looked at and, and this was her question. He says, what's your question? She says, why are you on the telly so much? That was a question. That was a great question. And he was a little bit flummoxed at first. And then he went, oh, oh, that's, that's a good question. And he said, well, it's like this. I believe I have a really important message for our country. And then he tried to bring it down to a seven or eight-year-old. And he said, it's a little bit like a football team. I'm the captain of the blue team. And there's a captain of the red team. And we're trying to beat the red team. Because we've got a really important message for our country. And I sat there thinking, that's great, but do you know what? We've got an even more important message for our country, haven't we? And next week, Dan is going to begin to unpack for us with great skill and passion. <laughs> Dan's going to unpack for us this great message, the good news of Christ coming to earth that the angels heralded. And they said, you know, it's going to be glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to men. We're going to unpack that because we have a great message to declare. And when we as a church do things like we've done now, we declare to our watching world that God isn't dead, nor is he asleep. And he's got good news for you. Isn't that amazing? And I believe that people will look and people will watch and say, wow, wow, that relatively small group of people dug so deep to release resources for something they passionately believed about. Perhaps, 
Perhaps God isn't dead, nor is he asleep. The final thing I want to say is that we need to learn how to stop and how to celebrate along the way. Isn't that true? You know, tomorrow there will be another race to run. Tomorrow there will be another mountain to climb. Tomorrow there will be another challenge to face. But today is a day where we stop and where we pause and where we celebrate God's goodness to us. And I hope we've done that already this morning. And in the book of Nehemiah, which I know Dan has already talked about recently, when, when he gathers them all together and, and he reads this famous p- uh, passage of scripture, right? Nehemiah 8 verse 10, he says, go and enjoy. You see, you've done that bit, he says. You, you, you've run that race. We're, we're pausing. We're celebrating. There'll be other races to run. But right now, he said, go, and I love this, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Do I hear an amen? amen. Come on. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. Just let me pause there. Many of you have seen on your TV sets just the amount of people devastated in their homes in in, in Cumbria, the Lake District, and the food bank, Central Warehouse, they've got a van and they've been up to Cockermouth to take food from here to help those people. That's awesome, isn't it? Fantastic. And it says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Not the happiness of life circumstances, that's not your strength. But the joy of the Lord that comes from a deep sense that God is alive and well and active in us. The joy of the Lord is your strength.